up, mamas? It's Tanika Ray. I was a television host for 20 years before my entire life blew up when I had a baby. Shifting gears from red carpets to a gig called Mom required a whole new game plan. The carefree, globe-trotting boss babe me was suddenly in search of a mommy tribe to help me navigate the inevitable fumbles and fails of raising a kid. Mama Stay with Tanika Ray is a sanctuary for the mommy collective, where we amplify our self-love and self-care, trade tips on raising conscious kids, help each other fine-tune our boundaries, and celebrate the highs while forgiving ourselves for the lows in the wild, 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 wild world of mommying AF. Hello, mamas, daughters, brothers, fathers, all are welcome here at Mama Stay with Tanika Ray. Welcome. We just got past Mother's Day, Birth Mother's Day, International Mother's Day, which, you know, if you listen to me at all here on this podcast or you follow me on my social media sites anywhere, you know that I believe mothers need to be celebrated as often as possible for all the things that they do, that they manage, that they navigate through, the celebrations once a year. Okay, (laughs) y'all need to probably fix that because the amount of weight that a mother carries, both voluntarily and involuntarily, deserves a prize, period, with a T. (laughs) Welcome to Mama's Day with Tanika Ray. This week, Because I have been really in the state of purging, I think I've talked to you about this. It has been going on for weeks. First, I started off with about 795 magazines, and then I found about 40 more. So they're like in all these hiding spots in my house. Like I keep collecting them and then like finding ways to store them in my house. But ultimately, why do I have 800 magazines, right? Like for what? It's insane. So I'm going through that. Once I started purging the magazines, then it was like, oh, let me clear out my daughter's clothes that she doesn't wear. Oh, then let me clear out the old art that she has stored in boxes. Why do we need some scribbles from kindergarten? We don't. Why do we need page after page of just mushes of paint that's nonsensical that, of course, was in the development of her artistry, but it is nothing when we look back at it. We've got to get rid of things. I probably threw away about 12 to 15 bags of just trash, the things I'm just like, I want nothing more to do with you. Then about six bags filled with home goods and clothes to Goodwill then eight bags to Janice Women's Center, then about six bags filled with stuffed animals and baby clothes and children's clothes and mama clothes to my beloved housekeeper. It goes on and on and on, and I'm still not done. But I wanted to take this moment to tell you why my next mom has to be up at bat. I don't know. I'm very instinctual about which episodes I play next, but this mom and I are such reflections of each other. And I think I'm in this state of purging so that I can see my truth, you know, getting rid of crap so that I can see myself. And 
She also on Insta, I think of all these ways to get rid of my clothes. Oh, I can sell on Poshmark. Oh, I can sell on Instagram. Oh, I can tell people, you know, it's for fundraiser, which it is. I give the money to other people. But all in all, it really stalls the process. Just get rid of it. And so this amazing mom actually did this clothing sale where she brought in the camera and like showed you all the things that she had. Actually, it wasn't a clothing clothing sale. She would like theme it out. So it'd be like hats and then long skirts. And then which ones should I throw away? She called it closet raid. And I wanted to do the exact same thing. She's just my girl. We so parallel each other in our business. We both have been in television for a really long time. And if there's anybody in the TV business that I feel really aligns with me, that really walks through the space very similarly, it would be Miss Ananda Lewis. Please welcome to the mic, my sis, my girl, mama bear extraordinaire, healer, manifester, beautiful light. First, I'm going to catch you up to speed. Ananda became famous for being one of the live DJ VJs on MTV in the heyday in the 90s when TRL ruled the land. She was incredible on her feet, wickedly smart, and just handled her business in such a beautiful reflection for all brown girls anywhere. She was diagnosed with a form of cancer about three years ago, and she has been very publicly battling it, not so much through the traditional routes, but really diving deep into her own healing, her own wellness, and doing what is instinctively, truly connected to what feels right for her right now in this moment. So first she answers coming right out the gate. How did she get it? what happened to me. I spent 12 years smoking a pack a day. That'll hurt you. I stayed in stressful relationships way too long. and wasn't being self-loving enough and putting the boundaries up to protect myself from other people's bullshit. That won't work. I was eating the wrong foods because I didn't know better. And I also let my taste buds control my, my plate, which is a horrible move to make because your taste buds don't know shit. And I was doing it all wrong. There were four or five different levels of me messing it up. Right. So for me to say what's happened is living in sheer ignorance. Yes. I mean, not to acknowledge that I had something to do with getting here, maybe not everything, but certainly I did things or didn't do things. And that means I can get myself out of this by reversing that, by undoing, by having the discipline you talked about that is so difficult and giving my body what I should have been giving it in little spurts for 30 years. Now I got to do it in five months or one year or two years to reverse everything. So you're going to have to do the work at some point. Start ahead and stay ahead. Gosh, how long have you been knowing about your diagnosis? It's been two years now? Going on three, March. Oh, wait a minute. One, two. So 29, January of 2019 is when they told me the news. Tumor had been there way before that. So yeah, three years now. And do you remember how you broke the news to your child and the, your family? Because I got the information on a phone call with my doctor, I was sitting in the parking lot at a grocery store. I had just picked up my my oldest sister who lives in Norway from the airport and we were coming home. And I had done the biopsy and all the stuff they told me leading up to that. And she was calling me with the news. My sister was in the store and I was like, it's it's actually on my app this moment where I was on the phone with her. 
and I wasn't actually surprised. I knew based on how they were behaving when I got the biopsy. And I knew just based on feeling it, I knew because my mom had, I knew because of all these things, right? And I'd already started deciding in my mind what I was going to do. I had bought a, a cleanse, this huge incurables program by Dr. Schultz, which is amazing. But again, catching it earlier makes it work better. That didn't reverse it for me, but it certainly paused things for me and gave me time to figure out what else I wanted to do. Then when I came home, my sister's there. My mom happened to be there visiting the one time a year she would come. My son, his dad, when we all still live together, I was like, I wasn't panicky and stressed out, but I knew they would be. And so I was careful because of that. One, to protect them, but also and more so to protect myself. I knew immediately that stress would make it worse. My own fear would add to the flaming. It was going on in my body. There's an inflammation happening, right? And I knew I didn't want to deal with somebody else's nonsense with the fear and the thing. And I knew that. And, you know, I have an interesting history with my mom. So I already knew that was going to be sensitive anyhow. And she did not disappoint. (laughs) You know, she, it was, it was interesting. And my response to all the fallout was, listen, here's how I'm going to handle this. I know what you think is right. This is to everybody. I know what you think is right. I probably disagree with that. And if you want to stay in my life for this journey, you will either be silent or supportive, but I will not tolerate what just happened ever again. You can get on a plane tomorrow. That's almost literally verbatim what I said. And that level of radical self-protection and boundary, I never was able to access it before. I had dealt with so much stuff that I should never have allowed. And it was me allowing it. That's so important to get. It's not blame, it's responsibility. And when you take responsibility, you are the chess master who can move the pieces. When you blame somebody else, you're at their mercy forever. I refuse to be at somebody's mercy. And this diagnosis really shifted that for me. Like instantaneously, I was like, oh, okay. What we're not gonna do is die. So what we gotta do? You know, and it was like immediate. You don't get to say that. You don't get to do that. And all of y'all can go because I'm the one that has to stay. We got to dive in right there, Ananda, because, oh, you gave me goosebumps. You really, really gave me goosebumps. What we talk about a lot on this pod is the undying connection between mother, daughter, granddaughter, grandmother. It's all along this maternal line that never ends. I heard news that when your grandmother is pregnant with your mother, there are elements of you inside your mother, inside of your grandmother. Like it's you're always there. Yet sons, it's a whole other thing, but the maternal line, because if you get your genealogy done, you can get it along the maternal line or Mm -hmm. the maternal line. The mother is the one that creates life. So that is a deep, deep connection. Now I have a very challenging relationship with my mother. That's a good word. Yes. I've worked hard on finding the right word. Yes, me too. There are a lot of other words I want to say that are not so nice. And have said in the past. And have said over and over in the past. My friends are sick of hearing it. I have to shut the fuck up about it because it gets it's played and I need to own it. And I need to just do something different with my mothering. Right. That's the way we got to do it. That is the way we do it. So I want to know from you, from whatever you can tell us, how were you mothered? I have had this conversation probably as many times as you. And so I think there are a lot of ways to mother. Let me acknowledge that. And I think all that really matters to us as children who are now adults is how we wanted to be mothered or in hindsight, see that we needed to be mothered. I couldn't have said this in the moment. I wouldn't have known it until, you know, I was absolutely not what mothered the way I needed to be. I I was not mothered the way I wanted to be. 
but I was mothered the way I needed to be. If my mother had been different, I wouldn't be me. I wouldn't have these fierce boundaries. I wouldn't have the strength. I wouldn't have the perseverance and tenacity and ability to walk in any room and handle any situation. If I wasn't mothered the way I was mothered, my life would be different. And I love my life. So I'm not, I can't at this point in my life complain about how I was mothered, but from about five years ago and back, I was complaining about that shit all the time. So I've just come to peace with it. I've just been able to get a better view of my mom and her own wounds and how those have impacted. Like, we don't know our mothers when we're children. We only know our mothers when we become mothers and are grown and can look back and say, oh my God, I had no idea what you were managing. I had no idea what you were going through. I had no idea the stress and the, the lack of support. I had no idea. And now that I know it's been much easier to forgive her, recognize what it was, either throw it away, claim it and move the fuck forward the way that I want to move. And that's a real big part of healing is just not forgiveness like, oh, it's okay, but just let it go. Say it is what it was. Okay. I can't change that. What I can change is what happens from now on. That part is up to me and move forward. And I have a much better relationship with my mom not moment to moment right now, but since that realization, it goes back and forth still. But now it's definitely much more on her than on me. But let me ask you this. Has your mother been transparent and honest with her experiences as a mom to you? No. Okay. Not really. It never goes away, even when we think we've healed from it, but it informs how we mother every single second of the day. Yes. Yes. It is why I put my life on hold to be a stay-at-home mom for eight years until the cancer diagnosis. I was staying at home, mothering my child. I had home birthed him. I did everything I felt like I should do, could do. My mother did a lot of those things right too early on. And, and, you know, then this happened and I had to focus on myself a little more. I had to shift the balance, but yeah, it is absolutely what has informed my parenting. Every step. Every step, even my parenting with my parenting, co-parenting, alloparenting, bonus momming with my with my ex's first child, my my bonus child when we were together. And even how my interactions with her were, you know, and being very careful about what I say, knowing how what I say matters to the well-being of my child's soul, taking responsibility for when I do mess it up because we're not perfect no matter what. And, and having these difficult relationships makes it even harder, you know, to maneuver through that stuff. I don't beat my child. A lot. No, I don't read them. (laughs) I came to that because of my own, you know, history experience with mainly my grandmother spanking me, but just with being spanked and the violence that that creates in you as a person, I can be very violent and I don't want to be. So I try to tamper that and, and figure out ways to do it. But I also have to be honest with my child. I am jealous of the fact that I don't beat him sometimes because I was so beat and why, why not you? Like I'm protecting him from it and still looking at myself like, no, you need to, it is the craziest thing to protect your child from what you, no one would protect you from because there's a part of you that resents that you're like, oh, I'm okay. And it happened to me. That's bullshit. You're not okay. But you survived it. This is why breaking general generational curses is so hard. Because even when we know the shit doesn't work and it's bad, we hated it. Well, you just, well, I had to deal with this. So you have to deal with it. Let me pass on the nonsense to you. Yes. Hear yourself say it. You got to stop and you got to back it up. So I've owned that with my kid. I've told him with my son, my kid, he's not a goat, but my child, 
I, I've said, listen, I'm having such a hard time right now. You, the mouthing off to me you're doing, I used to get punched in my face for this. I used to get beat for this. And I'm really having a hard time allowing this to be and not hitting you. So what I need you to do to help me through this is to shut up, is to stop, is to be quiet and go somewhere else for a minute. I need a timeout to, to help you. So please go. And I've had to leave situations with, like just to protect him from me. Yes. You know, let me tell you, there was one moment where my daughter, my daughter, you know, them smart little girls, boys are different. Them smart little mouthy girls, Mm. especially coming from one of us. Ooh, ooh, girl. I like Mama Syndrome. syndrome. (laughs) I'll fuck you up. Yes. I would go to my mommy friends like, girl, if you don't be a black mama, you better beat the shit. I was like, that seems wrong. Does it feel right? Now, I tried it. It works. <laughs> Therein lies the problem. I have smacked this child too. It works. But I didn't feel good after it. And I knew I started something that I needed to then handle. And it is a balance between our higher self and understanding what we know we know. Yes. Fighting against what we've learned to know. It is and not. And bodies have memorized as what to do in reaction. Because you just in that fight or flight reaction, about to pop your head. And I get it. Yes. Have to control that. And that's where the meditation and the self-care, that's where all the other stuff helps support you, right? Where you, you can go, <sighs> okay. Well, you have to connect with your higher being, your higher self. And that takes trauma sometimes <laughs> to motivate us. It does. It makes making Weird. lots of mistakes in order to get there. And my mistake was I tried it. It's a war zone. Like it feels like the world is on fire when we go oh, there. Yeah. I'm on fire. She and she's an Aries rising. Lord, oh have gosh, you poor thing. Ooh. Oh my god, and a cancer. So she oh. is feeling and on fire. God, crying and throwing daggers. <laughs> oh, but we have. But, but this is what's so beautiful about our relationship. We yeah. actually talk about it. I'm like, oh, you're feeling some things. I go, can you? The fire's too much. Let's go. Go handle your fire. But when I was in that mode of trying to be a black mama, in quotes, right do the black mama thing, which is so fucked up in itself. I mean, it just comes directly from slavery. So totally. Yeah, totally. I realized my daughter started hitting me back because you're teaching her violence. Correct. They do what we do, not what we say. So then I was like, well, this shit ain't gonna work. Because I'm gonna have to actually kill you if you keep hitting it. Like now we gonna escalate. Girl. And I have a Pisces son. Ooh, feeler, feeler. Yep. And so I'm like, I have to talk him through it, walk him through it. I want him to be a different breed of man in yeah. 10 years, right? And so that's my job. I'm so focused on what kind of man he will become. Momming is the same. It's all along that scale. We have high moments. We have very low moments. Was there a moment where you were like, oh my God, I can't, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. When I had to start really looking at stopping the homeschooling so I could go into treatment all the various treatments I've done. That was really, really difficult for me because I had never been away from my son for more than a day or two. And even that had only started happening that year. And so I had to really sit with myself and understand what I needed and then understand really what my son needed too. I think it's an amazing opportunity to be able to have helicopter mom him like I was able to, right? To be there for every single moment, to control all of it. And our children need space from us as well. Oh my to goodness. To be able to develop who they are. 
separate from us. And so I looked at it as a divine opportunity for us both to grow and have space and come back together renewed. And I was away from him for 16 weeks, although his dad drove him out. He drove him out once to see me, but I was gone for a full 16 weeks and I saw him once. And that was just, I, it, it, it was the most difficult part of treatment. Like I, I almost a few times I was like, okay, I'm, I know we need to do more, but I got to go. Like, I can't be, I can't do this. It was, it was so offensive to my soul. It was like, no, but you know, that's the difficulty of prioritizing yourself. We are mothers and we are, like you said, tied forever to our babies through blood and sweat and soul and all of it. And that is a difficult thing to manage, right? When you can't do it exactly how you want to do it. And so many moms aren't able to do it exactly how they want to do it, not because of treatment, but because of life. They got to work full time and take care of these kids. They got to handle all the bills and all the responsibilities. So we are all in the same boat with that, which is one of the reasons why one of my long-term goals, and this was something I could focus on more prior to the cancer stuff, but I'll get back to it because I'm going to be oh, cancer-free in a minute. Watch. When yes, I can yeah. I'm building, I have this design um, for single mom villages for mothers and their children to live together. Ananda! Yeah, I have the property already to do it. I just don't have the time and the finances yet. So, so that we can be each other's village. We're not supposed to do this by ourselves. And if the relationship doesn't work out, that I'm supposed to do it alone. You just had that conversation. I was just, I was like, we need these buildings that are like, back in the day, they used to have only apartment buildings for single women and the bachelors. Oh yeah, back in the day in Hollywood, I go, be great. Single moms need to like live together. Yes. Have, oh my God. Get, so you can be right there. Yes. Yeah. And so in a bigger city, I think that building is a great idea. Almost like the, um, the co-ops that they have downtown where like artists live together. Something similar to that where you do have your own space, but you also share space. You share babysitting duties. You share everything is, is I mean, I definitely see the village of the compound. I mean, see the, the image and the idea of the village compound. And it's just, I have the blueprints I actually built them up in the, in the CAD program. Cause you know, I'm a carpenter, but I also can do like architecture type design on, on the computer. I learned that in school as well. So I can do all those elements, but I just, you know, got left kind of side railed and take care of myself. And I'm gonna get back to it. My first one will be in San Diego. Girl, I'm so, how can I, how can I be down? What do we do? What do we I mean, do? Listen, let me get all the way healthy and then I can focus on, that's really like the legacy I want to leave on the planet. That's part of what I want to leave on the planet are these buildings and I want to blueprint them in all these different cities. So the real beautiful part, and listen, I'd be giving away ideas. I don't care if somebody else wants to do that. I just do it. Let's do it. We need them. So we need more. I can't be the only one to do it. I want it to be owned by a REIT that working women who don't need that kind of support can buy into so that women are supporting the lives of women and benefiting from the rent and able to support themselves financially. I mean, it's a whole, I see this whole vision. So I'll, I'll get there eventually. I, I, that was a God moment because I talk about this all the time. Mm. All the time. I'm like, it has to happen. Has I go, do you understand how empowered these women would be? How their kids can all play together? How there's somebody that's going to be home if everybody's got to go out? Yes. Make it happen village back. We never had to raise children alone ever in the history of mankind. No wonder it's not working. It's, it's not right. We're not supposed to be doing everything. We're supposed to have the ability to commune with other women while all your children play together. We're supposed to have the ability to go out and have time to ourselves. I would do it in gated communities, even, you know, localized gated or larger gated fine. But I also want the safety element to me is a huge deal. I need that to be in place. So we should talk about that vision because I certainly need help to do it. I try to do everything by myself and that doesn't work. Oh, I'm the, I'm the worst at uh, trying to do everything by myself. I don't know. I think that's because we grew up you in the, do so much. Well, <laughs> but, but also it's what you said about your mom earlier. 
It's like, it may not have been the mothers we wanted, but it was the mothers we needed because Mm -hmm. we are independent minded. Would we have been independent if our mothers had been a different way? I don't know, but this is the way God made us. Right. Right. And we're wonderful. I love it. I've seen him once at an event of your sister-in-law and he was little. He was like six or seven. Okay. It wasn't that long ago. He just has that, you know, that light or, you know, you see those kids, they have to have light around them. Yeah. He's just so special. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're so conscious of the fact that you're raising a, a black child in this fucking crazy ass world. Crazy. Crazy. Hyper aware of it. And I might have made him a little too aware of it. I don't want him to be. No. I don't know if that's such a thing. I don't know if you, I mean, because I'm the same. I, I have these discussions with my daughter about everything that happens. Yes. George Floyd, et cetera. I don't know if you want to talk about last week. It doesn't matter, but just. I had the conversation with him. I had to. We recorded this podcast one week after the Oscars. And in full transparency, the reason why I thought this was a really important topic to cover is that Ananda's son is Will Smith's nephew. So it's not just how a little brown boy is dealing with it, but how a nephew is dealing with his uncle's actions. He was going to be. Well, we ha- then let's talk about it because I think it's such a powerful lesson. And I, you know, I used to dance for Will and I've been around him. I obviously can't say I know him through and through, right. but I vouch for the character. What'd you say? I can't say that either. Right. But I vouch for the character that I experienced, the energy yeah. that I experienced all those years interviewing on the red carpet, et cetera. Your son is connected to him in a very personal way. Yeah. He's his nephew. How do you explain last week to your son. So he came home and he said, did you watch the Oscars? And I was like, he, he had been at his dad's and it was coming back to me that day after school. So I hadn't seen him during it, but the next day. And I said, you know, I didn't watch the whole Oscars. I didn't even know they were on, but I did hear what happened with Uncle Will. And he was like, Phew. and I said, yeah. I said, well, you know, my son had his own experience with something very similar, not two months ago. So I was able to tie those two things together. And I said, remember when whatever happened when you did that? And he was like, yeah. And I said, remember what we talked about at that time? He was like, yeah. I said, so now Uncle Will's experiencing that. And we're just going to love him and support him and know that he's a good person who's made a big mistake. And you're going to see what happens when you make a big mistake. And he was like, yeah. And he's like, well, what's happening to him? I said, I don't know, honey. But if you want to know, I'll tell you. I'm not following it. I I really, you know, for everything I'm dealing with on my own, it is vital for me to stay in my own lane. (laughs) It's also a good habit. But I, I have a lot of gratitude, respect, and compassion for Will and Jada. And so I really don't have much to say about it other than, like you said, I, I can vouch for their character and we all mess up, sometimes bigger than others, but it's still just a matter of we're human and we mess up. And maybe we shouldn't be joking about people. Maybe that part too. All I mean, those things count, right? That's the part where I, I was like, why are we making fun of Black people on a right. Thank you. That was, I was like, oh. I don't care why. Maybe even if she just wanted to shake, like, don't say anything about that. What is wrong with you? It's not funny. No, it's not. And, and we still can't hit people for it. So, I mean, it's all, I hear all the kind, I see it all. I'm just not inserting myself and it's not really my business uh, or my place, uh, except as it pertains to my child. And he's clear and uh, he learned a big lesson from it. I love that you said that as well, because I, what I've been saying online, because I was very moved to speak about it, was they were both bad. The comment and the hit were obviously both, neither of them were okay for me. It was the acceptance speech that I want everybody to listen to multiple times. Okay, I haven't listened to that. 
Oh, Ananda. I said. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, that's where the growth is for all of us. Mm. And where the surrender was very powerful for me. Mm. So the, I really, the responsibility of it was that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, Will is a fantastic human being. Of course he would take responsibility the perfect way. I mean, this is a, a, a blip on an otherwise pristine existence. And so I, mean, I don't hope that I don't hold people accountable for a blip. You know what I'm saying? Not, not for the rest of their life. Like he's handled it. So 35 years of being like the perfect celebrity. And then this, and and a genuinely good person. He's not just like that to be the celebrity. That's who he is from what I've experienced anyhow. And so I, I can't be like, ah, no, I mean, I think we got to balance it out. 90, 10, 90% of the time you're and 10%. You look, you better than most people I know. You better than me because I'm about 60, 40. You see what I'm saying? Because Hollywood will push you in a lot of different ways. Girl, we both know that. We don't walked away from situations where somebody in here about to get hurt and it ain't going to be me. So either that or I got to bounce because I'm not doing what you're asking of me. No, yeah. because guess, what, guess who's going to survive? My soul. <laughs> Hello. Me here. Her. Her. This one. I'm going to be okay. You? I don't know. <laughs> I can't vouch for you, bro. I mean, M- you were on MTV when MTV was like literally taking MTV. Yeah. Oh, the we launched world. a studio that created this, what this generation knows about MTV. Yeah, it was, it was major. And I didn't get that at the time. You never get it when you're in it, right? You have to step back and be able to look back at it. But we did some amazing stuff. I, it blows my mind sometimes, the, the rooms I've been uh, allowed to be in. And I'm, I'm super grateful for it. I don't know that I've used it as well as I should have, because my mind wasn't on using it, right? I wasn't a ladder climber like that. But I, I'm grateful that that love that I created then still exists because I'm, I'm you know, able to use it, harness it now. I, I have a, a voice people listen to. I can help with information, you know, and I can still kind of become that teacher I always wished I had, well, that I intended to be in the beginning. I don't really? wish I Yeah, I went to school for history so that I could teach. And I was applying for Teach for America when the Teen Summit job came up. Wow. It was like, ah, left turn. <laughs> What was the hardest thing about outside of your diagnosis? That's all. I couldn't even imagine that layer on top of it. But the hardest layer of like mothering your son, the world is shut down. How did you save your own sanity and then keep him nurtured at the same time? I had decided to leave my relationship with his dad about three months before the pandemic hit. And I actually physically moved out. And because I had a newly claimed space of my own, I think that saved me through the pandemic. I, I the, the things I was having, you know, was dealing with before and normal relationship stuff, no blame, just here's what it was. I don't know that I could have continued to manage myself through that with the treatments, with the, I don't, I, I think I would have actually lost, I would, somebody would have lost something, either they minds, they hit, something would happen. Right. So I feel like my timing for moving was vital And it was when my son first started going to public school. So he was in school for long enough that he had, uh, he'd gotten used to it. And so by the time they shut us down, I had things under control. And I really feel like being in a space that, you know, I had more space. He had his own space. All my father lives with me right now. And that was helpful so that we still had a family feeling and he still had resources in terms of people he was related to and connected to who loved him, who could support him. So, you know, I don't know about anybody else. We had a good time with the pandemic. Like we had food. I had started prepping early. Like we had toilet paper. We were good. And we spent a lot of time playing games together. When I needed a break, I'd go in my truck and drive around. You know, it worked out. I, I um, 
I tend to like a lower access life, <laughs> you know, where I don't have to access the world as much. I'm really good on my own. I'm really good. Like I'm a cave dweller type, you know, I'm a yes. very closed down person who can also be very effusive and, you know, relatable with people. So I, I can do both sides of that very well. And it was not a hard switch for me at all. I think because I'm an introverted extrovert or an extroverted introvert, one of those. Both of them. <laughs> that it was so like, oh, we get to stay home. What? On purpose? Like, I don't have to go. Girl. I was like, y'all don't, y'all don't want to get me get you used to this. <laughs> I will be working from home forever. For Don't, you don't have to tell me twice. Like, I'm so good. I love being home, especially when home is, is where I thrive. Yeah. So I, it was great. <laughs> No, we're again unicorn, unicorn. Because I'm on, I look on Instagram. I'm like, oh, people are out having a good time. I'm like, I don't know why. I'm home having a good time. (laughs) We are so special. Okay, so you decided with his dad to part ways. Yeah, got divine timing. Uh huh. But then going forward, what's up? Are we dating? What do we do as moms? How do we? How do we date as mommies? I looked out. Oh, am I even talking about this? I don't know if I can talk about that. <laughs> Whatever you want to say. As she drinks her concoction. <laughs> this is my herbal cancer fighter tea with milk and, or half and half and butter in it because I'm fully on keto. Oh, full fat like dairy? Oh, yeah. Full fat dairy is... I do only grass fed everything, right? That's the higher level you need if right. you're going to do meat. Otherwise, all those things they say about meat and dairy are true. When it's grass fed, it's lower in deuterium. Deuterium is what creates all those problems and why it's a problem. Otherwise, I mean, our ancestors have always eaten meat. So, and you look at like the, the Maasai tribe, they drink cow's blood and cow milk. That's what their main state. So I think you got to know your body. I've yeah. had my body tested. I know what my body can tolerate and my body thrives with animal proteins and stuff. So, so you're I, O? You're O blood. I'm o. Yeah, I'm O something. Positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And I get that whole week. And I did, like I said, all fruit, 45 days. I was vegan for a year and a half. Like, I believe those things work, but you have to know what your body needs. It's not just for the sake of it working for someone else that'll work for you. Know your body. My body cannot thrive on that. And cancer feeds on sugar. That's its number one most favorite food. So it is important for me to have almost all the sugar cut out of my life. I'm down to about 10 carbs a day, maybe 15. It's grueling, but it's worth it. It's discipline. It's like, I don't even go smell of the food. I just eat what I need to eat. (laughs) Girl. So no restaurants. I guess restaurants have keto items now. They do, but they also have a lot of, most of them don't have the grass fed, blah, blah, blah. Like that to me is the most important thing. And on days I can't get that, I fast. I fast about two or three days a week, full, full fast days, because that is also important for starving cancer. There's all these wonderful things we can do for free. And hopefully now that I've gotten to another kind of ability to do a little more work and then I got to kind of cocoon when I'm in treatments, I'm really cocooning, right? I have hours and hours of stuff to do all day from breathing to making stuff to cooking for myself. It's, it's busy. Healing is busy work. (laughs) worth it, but busy. And so I get these moments where, you know, you won't see me on social media for a while. I'm not a social media addict anyway, but I just, I'm like, I just want to add this. Like, that's all I wanted. You know, you don't need to know what I'm doing every day, but I just want to tell you this. So I I add and help where I can, and I'll be able to do more of that um, coming up soon. I'll be on a little more stable part of the treatment. So I will say that love is important and um, is necessary for moms. Absolutely. And the kind of love you choose is up to you. I am so proud of you. 
I'm so proud of how you represent us. I'm so proud of this podcast. The freaking name is genius. <laughs> Mama stay. I mean, just, I'm like the mother you are, how much you share of yourself, how vulnerable and transparent you are. It's all inspiring and it all matters. And I just want to thank you for being willing to be yourself. I know firsthand that's not easy. And I know firsthand it's, it's a struggle every single minute. And I commend you for it. Thank and I really do love you. And I really do feel like our experiences are so similar. There has to be something we do together in the future. Like there's not that many people that are like us really, you know, who have done the things we've done anyway. I mean, we're kind of in a narrow group and, and it's just, it's beautiful, Tanika. I really, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Thank you. I, I so appreciate that because, you know, like I said, from the top, we're unicorns in this business. Right. And we got to be like, what's up, unicorn? I see you. You, you, you. Unicorn is cute. We're very different than people that typically navigate this business because we aren't reliant on these jobs to fulfill us, to define us, to make us feel whole. We just are not. We have all these other dreams. We come to it pretty much self-loving. We have to do work. We have to do work to evolve and to keep growing. Yeah. But we come into this. I, I look, I speak energy, sis. So I see you. Thank you. I love you. And I adore you. Blessings, continued blessings, continued healing, mama. Yes, it's coming. It's happening. It's, it's happening now. Now, every moment. Every, every moment. And, <laughs> and so it is, Ashe. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Much I love. love you, I, I adore you. you. Keep doing it. Of course. so much love. I swear there's nothing better than being with somebody and sharing space and ideologies and time with somebody you just really adore. You know, it's something that Oprah always says, as humans, all we want is to be seen and heard. Well, with Ananda, I always feel seen and heard. And I hope that you did too. Ananda is our sis. She's a teacher. She's taught us so much. And I really hope that you all will join me in continuing to pray for her healing and be in gratitude for all that she's teaching us through her experience. She's uncovering a lot of jewels with her healing adventure. It really is an adventure every day. She's consistent. She's intuitive. She's intentional. And it's it's something to really honor. So Thank you, sis. We love you. We send you so many prayers. Continue to fight the good fight. We already know you healed, girl. We already know. Continue to eat your fruits and to take care of yourself by any means necessary. I want to give a shout out to Jenny Media. Thank you so much for producing these pods. And I want to give a shout out to you because if you're here, you can't help but grow and expand with us. These are things we all need to hear. This is the community we all want to build. So thank you. Much love. Always reach out to me. I did take a little bit of a social media sabbatical a couple weeks ago, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. And I needed space for a second to get my mind straight. But again, I come back to Mama's Day. It gets me through during these really crazy, uncomfortable times. We're here for you. Much love. We'll see you next time. Blessings.
Thanks for hanging out, Mama. I know how little time we have in our day to honor ourselves, and I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. Make sure you click like, rate, and subscribe. I'd love to hear what you think about today's show and what you want to hear going forward. Remember, mommying is a gift, and you're doing a kick-ass job. So, woosah, and mama stay. Mama stay.